0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Profit Minds podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Kirch, creator of the Profit Minds Growth System, a unique blend of profit growth, productivity acceleration, and building robust business process for scale. In every episode, I interview entrepreneurs and small business owners from around the world with a unique story to tell. You can find the show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. So, hi, everyone. Today, my guest is Pete Liston, founder of Trust the Process. And today, we'll be talking about how to
1: delegate to elevate. Welcome, Pete. Good afternoon, Stephen. Good morning. My time here in Sydney, Australia. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, it's 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 great to have you on the show. Um I always start with the same question because my my listeners are fascinated by and I'm fascinated by the stories that people tell of, of their life and how they got to be where they are and and you know why did you start doing what you're doing?
1: So 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 tell us your story, Pete. Yeah, look, I guess for me, uh, growing up in a small town in country Australia, uh, my pathway went into horticulture and agriculture. So I started off working on farms and managing, you know, loving the life outdoors and, and working on a farm. But in a moment of madness, I was working in a, in a, in a military town called Townsville. Uh, we're not very creative with our names in Australia, but the city was called Townsville and a uh, big military base. Uh, I just loved the idea of the army turned up at recruiting. And at the rather later age of 29, decided to join the army, uh, had an amazing career in the army, had the pleasure of commanding soldiers uh, on operations in places like Afghanistan and Timor. But I guess ultimately, I always had that old entrepreneurial itch. You know, I was always the ideas guy that, you know, would come to my bosses with all these ideas. And they're like, you know what? No, that's not the way we're going to do it. So ultimately, I had to get out and, uh, and do something for myself and made the transition and started business. And I love it. Yeah. So, so why the, well, so why
0: the name trust the process and tell a little bit about what it is that you do.
1: Yeah. So really the name came from, uh, I'm a basketball nut. So anyone on YouTube can see my San Antonio Spurs hat, but yeah, we'll no talk that-
0: about the gold state warriors <laughs> here in a minute.
1: Um, most of uh, the people in the US would uh, know the very uh, polarizing figure, Ben Simmons, but I love Ben Simmons. And when he went to Philadelphia, I just love the whole process of, uh, the, you know, the trusted the process. Uh, at the time, uh, it seemed like a great way to build a team and, and it seemed like uh, more of a analogy for life. So a metaphor for life. But for me, that name just stuck to me. And when I came out of the military, the military was all about you know excellence and consistency, and how to do things really well, like really process driven. So for me, uh, trust the process became a natural name for for what we wanted to achieve in business.
0: And and so you've you've obviously taken your military training uh, sort of to the next level in terms of business. How how did that play out
1: for you? It was interesting because. As I first transitioned, like the military is a very, very influential uh, point of self-identity and the way that you see yourself and and see yourself in the world. And when I went into business, I almost wanted to turn my back on it uh, in terms I wanted to create a new me and really be and not how carry over that very uh, profound uh, sense of who I was into my next life. So for the first sort of six, nine months in business, um I really tried to cut things my own way. But on reflection, my business really took off when I actually embraced all of the things that I learned in the military, and that was embracing uh, how to be structured, how to be systemized, how to be disciplined. And it was a definitive reflection and turning point to actually go back and think about why I was able to do very complex things in the military relatively easy, but I was struggling in business and I was struggling to get some of the basics rights. So what we did is we went back and we really focused on how to develop good process, because process is just another word for how to capture excellence and repeat it. So we were very uh, deliberate about how we did that. Once we were able to focus on process, focus on consistency, it just made life easier for everyone, including ourselves, our team members, our clients, because we were able to literally follow a pathway that works and do it over and over again until we learn. And then when we learn, we fix it, and we do that over and over again.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, one of the things that I talk to my clients about all the time is it's about progress, not perfection. Yeah. And and so just because you have a process and you've written it down, it's 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 not written in stone, people. No. <laughs> and and so I love the th- the thing that you said about you know learning and improving the process. Sorry, process um, that, that, um, that makes the, the work, um, better and better every
1: time. Yeah. It's, you know, if you're writing your standard operating procedures or your processes down in times New Roman 12 point, they're probably nearly out of date by the time you hit save. Well, not that anyone hits save anymore, but (laughs) The thing is, if you want uh, to be really fast and capture processes quick, jump onto Zoom or Loom or some other kind of screen recording software and literally make a dynamic process and copy what you're doing in real time on the screen in a live screen recording. Because number one, you don't have to spend new time to build your processes. You just do it next time you do something and then you've captured it. But you've got to have, there's two kind of learning loops we need to have here, short-term learning loops and long-term learning loops. Short-term, as soon as I see improvement, I can jump back in, amend the process and, and reenact it into the, into the standard operations. And long-term learning loops are all about, you know, long-term business performance and improvement. But again, this is stuff again, straight out of my military life, direct application into business.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I love about you know I I was I was never in the military. One of the things that I learned that the military here in the U.S. and I'm guessing in Australia as well is every time there's a training exercise, there's a retrospective,
1: uh, and it's instant. So what we have is there's well, and it's layered. So we'll have an after-action review. And in the Australian military, if you've just done like let's just say it's a battle run where you're in your, in your cams, you've got your weapon, you can still smell the gunpowder. Literally after you've done that individual activity, we'll just pause and we'll do a quick after-action review and say to the team, hey, what just happened there? And we'll be able to say, hey, look, we, uh, you know we spaced it a bit too far apart or we got a bit too close or you weren't communicating out there or I should have done this. And we immediately capture learning because then if we go and do that battle run again, we want to improve instantly. Broader to that, when you get back to the unit, uh, you'll do a you'll do a large collective uh, post activity report, and that is where we really want to define uh, you know broader learnings for the organisation. But this happens at the individual and small team level, all the way through the organisation.
0: Yeah, I, it, it's it's so valuable. Um, I, I don't think we do enough of that in small business. Um, we don't take the time because we're onto the next thing and we're so busy and I don't have time to, to think about what I, what just happened. Um, and, and that lack of learning perpetuates the crisis, perpetuates the emergency.
1: One of the big things here too, Stephen, is you've got to have, um, a lack of ego from the leadership team and you have to be frank and fearless, uh, and get that feedback loops from All levels of the organization so for me in my business um, I appreciate one of our values is frank and fearless feedback with respect and anyone in our team can share what they think in an open true space uh, and we we sit and listen to it Uh, so if you've got it's challenged to learn if your ego um, doesn't allow it yeah so,
0: so talk about how this plays out in the topic of today, which is delegation.
1: Mm. Uh, to quote the Lion King, there's more to do than can ever be done. And in business, we never actually uh well, it is possible to systemize your business to move away and have a business that runs without you. Absolutely possible. Done it myself a couple of times, but for most of us, it's not the case. For most of us, we'll live in our business and we'll work on it. So what we do is, as we progress and grow in business, we earn the right to have new problems. Okay, higher value problems, more problems, different problems. But to get to that point, we need to delegate. Okay, so there's only I believe there's only two things two things business owners should do. Number one, they get to do the things they love because that's why you go into business. That's why you're the boss. Uh, number two. You should only do what only you can do. And everything else we need to delegate sooner or later. Okay, I say sooner or later because it's not, we don't just dump all of this stuff straight away, but you need to have that mindset of letting go. And sooner or later, I will start operating like the CEO or the business owner that I want to be. And if I can do that now, that's your accelerated pathway to getting there. So delegation is one of the challenges people have a delegation is about control. And if we can nail control and trust, then you've got the ability to let go. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, I because I'm a consultant, I break everything into a two by two matrix. Um, and And for me, there are two aspects of delegation that are important. And see if this makes sense to you. Um, you have the, on, on the part of the delegator, that is the person who is delegating, right? It's stuff. It's, are you good at it as one axis and mm-hmm. do you like to do it is the other axis, Yeah, right? And, and you can delegate any of those things, even things that you're good at and like to do, especially if there's somebody else who can do it. Amen. And there's other things that you can that, that that you can do with your time that are of higher value. Yeah. Right. But of course, if it's something you're not good at and you don't like it, why the hell haven't you delegated it already?
1: Well, that's the low hanging fruit. That's the stuff you've got to do
0: now, right? Like yesterday. It's, it's the stuff that you're not good at, but like to do. Um, which is kind of a weird combination Um, or the stuff that you don't like to do, but are good at. Yeah. Right. Those are, those are a little trickier, but, but again, stuff you should delegate. The trap, the trap is the stuff that you like to do and you're good at, but that you could delegate.
1: Yeah. And that's a really insightful point because we've got to look at the end state of where you want to be in your business and if that's the if that's the limitations to where you want to go and i say limitations in a, in a, in a positive way then that's okay but if you want to take your business to the next level or and everybody's personal level of success is individual but you've just got to understand that there is always a trade off between what you're doing to focus on administrations and what you can be what you could be doing to focus on relationship and revenue versus what you can be doing with strategy and taking the business. So they're the three levels that I look at when it comes to delegation. Number one, get rid of administration. Get rid of things that are simple, frequent, and time-consuming, and elevate yourself into the position of relationships and revenue. But then elevate yourself out of relationships and revenue and into strategy and leadership.
0: That's brilliant. I I love that, Pete. Um. And 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 now I'm going to talk about the the delegation process mm. on on the, the part of the delegatee, the person that you're delegating to, right? It's there the two axes are willingness and ability.
1: Right. Yeah, this yeah, this is um yeah, this is super cool now because this is the moment whether either it works or it doesn't. And it takes a level of confidence and trust to let go. And if you don't have confidence and trust as the delegator, then you start clinging on to things and you start saying these horrible words, where, which is like, you know, my least favorite phrase in the English language is I may as well just do it myself. Okay. Oh. So number one, if you hear yourself saying that there's a reason behind it and you don't have the confidence and trust and let go. And it's probably a multiple things. Number one, you're not letting go of your ego to let it go. Number two, you're not training someone correctly to let it go. Or number three, you don't have the right person to let it go to.
0: Right. Right. And 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 that's where a company like yours comes in. Yeah. Is finding those assistants.
1: Yeah, like for me, delegate to elevators, it doesn't matter who you delegate to, as long as you have that mindset. Uh, for a lot of businesses, it is a challenge, uh, you know, cash flow to find great talent. Uh, for me, I'm very much a globalist, and I believe that everybody around the world, you know, deserves a great job, and that's why uh, for us, we have an outsourcing and offshoring agency that finds great talent from around the world and helps local businesses uh, find them and implement them implement them into their business at a cost-effective price. Because you've got some brilliant people all around the world. Who are looking for great jobs, and that's what we help with. That trust the process.
0: Yeah, it, it, it it's great. Um, how do you how do you go about screening people to find out whether or not they're capable of doing the kinds of tasks mm-hmm. that a small business owner is going to want to have
1: done? Yeah, it's a it can be a tricky process because there's sort. It comes from both sides. First of all, the business owner should be clear and concise about what they're delegating is, like what the role is. And you don't need to be too fixated on, you know, creating detailed position descriptions or duty statements. Just jump onto ChatGPT and say, write me a job description for someone that can help me with my marketing or my sales and just let it spit out. On the other hand, we've got to find the right talent to match that role. Now, this is where from a business owner, you need to think about two things do I have the experience and do I have the time to teach and nurture a new employee? Because whether your employee is off, onshore or offshore, uh, it's not really no difference about how you integrate them and get them involved with your business. So, But if you want to have someone that's very cost-effective, then it's obviously a different price point and you're going to have to put more effort into them. Um, so my big thing there would be to think about do I need someone that comes with a prearranged set of skills or do I need, or am, or am I happy with a generalist that I can nurture and bring along in time?
0: Yeah. That, that whole, that whole thing about, you know, being cost effective. Um, for, for some people, again, as you point out, uh, cost effective because it's going to take so much time to train someone yeah. uh, in the particulars of your business that maybe you 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 know, you need to stick to someone who already has the skills.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you know, onshore versus offshore, we're probably looking at about you know a third to fifty percent of the price. But offshoring uh, specific roles is actually a driver for growing local jobs. So it's not like we're, uh, you know, shipping all our jobs offshore, um, you know, but what it's we're doing is we're finding the right job at the right price for your business so that your business can grow more profitable. And then when your business is more profitable, you're going to need local staff, particularly in sales and delivery roles. So offshoring should be uh, one of the tools that you have in your toolkit to grow the right team, that's going to make you a profitable, sustainable, and enduring business.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's really worth worth emphasizing again. Right, we're not talking about offshoring everything.
1: Mm.
0: We're talking about offshoring specific things that can be done at a, a time and a location. Again, that for me, that's one of the gifts of the pandemic. Yeah. Is that everybody got used to doing business over Zoom. Yeah. And we would have a conversation just like this every day because we couldn't go to the coffee shop and meet them even if they lived right down the block.
1: Absolutely. And for me, uh, Australia is a very multicultural community. So we have um, huge amounts of uh, people from all over the world. So for us having someone with sometimes just a I know a bit of a twinge of an accent, but excellent technical skills, uh, excellent education and a real hunger to work. Uh, it's just, it, it is the same as hiring onshore. It's like just through the Zoom or digital medium. You just need to pre- pre- be prepared to understand what you need them to do. So that there, there's two critical moments about getting any team member into business. Number one is your preparation prior to them starting and you what you're going to do in that first couple of weeks to in, in, integrate them into the rhythm of your business?
0: Yeah, no that that that, that that's really important. Um, that that you understand um, what it is that you're asking them to do. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, talk to, talk to me about this this whole idea of. Um, delegate to elevate
1: yeah you know it's funny um when i was talking uh to your team in a pre-show they're like what do you do and i'm like well i've got one business that does outsourcing i've got about you know 180 staff in that business and i've also got another business that does crm implementation so i've got uh we're a hubspot partner and we build hubspot for clients all around the world and i've also the founder and i run australia's only uh organization dedicated to veteran entrepreneurs and enterprise, which is called the veteran community business chamber. And the first thing she says to me is like, how do you do all of that? I'm like, because I have a great team and I effectively delegate. Uh, the other thing too is I love playing basketball, I love going to the gym and I love being a dad. So you've got to to be able to achieve that, you've got to understand there is only so much you can do and there's only much you sh- only so much you should do. and it is possible to delegate, if you have a nice simple plan on how to do it and that's what we can help you with it's so possible to do it
0: yeah and and you know one of the other things we talked about earlier was this whole idea of control
1: mm.
0: and and when you you know when you start giving up control of everything that you do in your business, you get back control over everything in your life.
1: Absolutely. Uh, th- this control point is what people have the most problems with. And it's that, you know, this is why they go back to saying, I'll do it myself because that's where they have control. Now, let me give you the secret formula for control in any business. Control equals consistency plus visibility. Consistency is process. Consistency is now, instead of Stephen doing it, let's do it the Stephen way. Okay, so that's what process is about. I want to capture the way that I want to do things and have you do it for me. The second part of it is visibility. How can I see that you've done my process my way? And the easiest way to do that is through the simple tech tools out there. So as you go to delegate, think, can I capture my way and share it with somebody else? But can I have the confidence to see that it can be done? Now, for example, seeing it can be done could be something as simple as your CRM tool, progression in your tech. Then when you can see it's been done and you know it's been done your way, you're in control and you're going to move on to operating in your higher space. And this is critical for any business owner.
0: Yeah, I, I I love that um, that formula. Say it again. It's it's control is control, con- is
1: consistency, consistency
0: and, and visibility.
1: Yeah. So visibility can be simple. Visibility can be acknowledgement when the task is completed that it's been done. It can be simple as send me a text message when you've done it. Okay. What we're looking for visibility is how do we create tools that I can see if something's been done without having to go and check it. I need it to be pushed back to me, okay? Uh, and the, the simplest way to do this is to use the variety of tech platforms and communication platforms out there, CRMs and comms and video, whatever you might want to do. But consistency is saying, this is the way I want it done. Um, I've got another short analogy for you. You've got to work hard once, Okay, too many business owners get stuck in the grind and they work hard every single day. But the way you delegate is to work hard once. And if you've got a one hour activity that you need to delegate, it takes you one hour once a week or year. That's really 50 hours of your time. You may have to work hard once and invest five hours to effectively delegate that one hour task by creating your procedures and teaching and nurturing, but you'll win 50 back. So five hours investment to delegate one hour of task means you're actually going to win 50 hours of your time back every year for the rest of your life. So the work hard once mentality is how you actually get it done effectively.
0: Yeah. And and so the small business owner says, yeah, but where can I find that five hours to do that? Because I'm so busy. Where can I find that five hours to do that, work hard once?
1: Yeah, and this is where we need to pick the low-hanging fruit. And, the, and it, it is look for things that are simple, frequent, and time-consuming. So if there's a 20-minute task, let's start with that one. If there's a five-minute task, then let's investigate. Let's Let's find one hour to teach and train someone. To get rid of a five-minute task you do every day, start with the small fruit, and then start this mindset of delegation. Do the little things, because even that five-minute task every day, my math isn't good, Stephen, but five times five times 50 yeah, weeks in a yeah, 20
0: yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's right. Yeah. It's twenty-five. But, it's twenty-five minutes a week, which is a hundred minutes a month. Yeah, right. And twelve yeah. it's 1,200 minutes, right? It's,
1: so you just got to dedicate yeah. 60 to win 1,200 there. And, and this yeah. is where like you will never have the time. And you know what? You never probably in most businesses, you're never going to get the time back because you're going to earn the right to bigger problems. Okay. A, a real, uh, a simple thing to delegate. If you are doing things after dinner or on the weekends, they are administrative tasks. Okay. Unless you're doing strategy or planning or something like that. But if you're working after dinner on the weekends, they are the first things that you should be looking to delegate because you should be getting back to your family. You should be getting back to your health. You should be getting back to whatever it is you should be doing, except for working at that time. That's terrific. So Pete, if, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Uh, so number one, LinkedIn's super easy. Um, Pete listed on LinkedIn, and I'm, I'm sure you can share that in the show notes, Stephen. But uh, oh, yeah. ttprocess.co is our website. Um, we love this stuff. You know, for me, I'm a simple farmer who became a soldier who went into business. I've created many seven-figure businesses. And the reason I'm able to keep doing it is because I, I am selfish with my time. And, I, and by that, I mean, I want to spend time with my family and kids. I want to travel. know, I want to do the things that, you know, makes this short life great. And I do that by a fastidious focus on delegate to elevate.
0: That's great. And that concludes our show. And thanks to my guest, Pete Liston of Trust the Process. I hope you learned something about delegation. I know I did. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Profit Minds Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Stephen Kirch. Please visit www.profitminds.net for other episodes or to contact me. Thank you for your positive feedback, comments, questions, and for sharing this show with others. Thanks for listening. Have a grateful day.